Welcome back to H2B's Creative Fuse podcast here in Dalton, Georgia. We hear stories from local entrepreneurs, creatives, business owners, and storytellers. And this week on the podcast, we have Francisco Palacios. Palacios, you got it. Yeah, I'm yeah. trying. Uh, writer and owner? Yes, correct. Of, uh, La Voz. That is correct. Yay! Yes. Okay, so... Outside of that, I'd love for you to introduce yourself, kind of tell us a little bit about the publication, your history, um, you know, what it is, what you talk about, uh, and, and just kind of the whole encompassing thing. Okay. Uh, I have a major in uh, a bachelor's degree, actually, in marketing. Oh, me too. But, yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, but I am the old school, I guess. I graduated mm -hmm. in, back in 94. Okay. Uh, in 95, I decided to come to the U.S. Uh, I, I'm a U.S. citizen by birth. Um, I was born in San Francisco, but I grew up in Mexico. Okay. Um, and then uh, came into Dalton, into the Dalton area, because the Latino community was growing. Yeah. Uh, it was still very small compared to what we have right now. But my cousin owned a restaurant back then. So... She told me, you know, come to this area. So I did. Uh, having my background in marketing, I was uh, really looking into marketing-related activities. At the time, the Daily Citizen News put out a publication in English. They had a publication, weekly publication in English, it was, uh, and the name was uh, Shopper's Guide. Okay. Okay, back then we did not have the internet that we have right now. Sure, we had, I remember. I mean, it was very different. So the translations were done by computer. And it was, uh, needless to say, very not good. Not I can good imagine at all. it was incorrect yeah. and slow. And slow. And, and, yeah. and really, literally, I had to see the text in English to be able to translate it because I could not fix the translations made by Google back then sure because okay. there, i'm sure there was like no correlation it's yeah. all like four words yeah. and it's like it's probably saying this yes yes i mean and and nobody was there to 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 prove it yeah really so um i asked them for a job they gave me an interview and they gave me the job and i'm talking about september of 95 okay yes 95 uh and um eventually I mean, very fast, I told them that we needed it to have a Latino publication, not only a shopper guy with only ads. They were hesitant because nobody spoke the language. Being an editorial house, they were very concerned to what was published. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, they knew, they recognized the need. And, uh, and we, we, they went ahead and, and asked me for some names. I proposed three names. They chose one, and, and El Informador was born back in... September or October of 95. I stayed with the publication until uh, the end of uh, 98 when I decided that I needed to be on my own. Yeah. And uh, turn in my resignations, gave them two months, and I started La Voz, basically. Uh, and I've been with La Voz ever since. My Our main focus has always been local news 100% local news sure i you understand know? that uh, we recognize that we are a weekly publication so we cannot carry like news yeah you know fresh news because by the time we go to press is they're, they're already all news yeah so we decided to do a hundred percent local community news i kind of love that i mean i love a lot of this stuff first of all the the latin community here is thriving yes it's huge yes we've had several people on 
that own businesses or, or work predominantly in the community. And it's, it's really cool to see that in Dalton. It's really cool that there's a publication tailored specifically to the community. Also, I did not know you had been around that long. Yes. Congratulations. Thank you. That's really great. Thank you. Thank you. There's something to be said about hyper-local news. I think there's a lot of stuff that people miss out on because there aren't enough hyper-local news sources. But I also think that the 24-hour news cycle is is highly overrated. We end up yeah. saturated with too much. Yeah, and, and, and plus you get to see the same thing over and over mm-hmm. again. And I mean, if you get hooked into the 24-hour uh news channels yeah you know? back in the day it was very great to see the community grow the way it has at the beginning we had less than 10 hispanic owned businesses we had only one soccer league right now there are maybe five soccer leagues Jeez. so we have a baseball league a volleyball league a futsal league um basketball you name it cool. we have it part of those less than 10 hispanic owned businesses were almost all restaurants are and all of those stores. still operating? Mm, no. Okay. Only, yes, let me take that back. Tijuana's was here. Los Reyes was here. Uh, and I am, I am counting those. Um, but not all of them. You know, the, yeah. the, just just a few of them. You know? How many Hispanic-owned businesses or Latino-owned businesses are there now? I could not tell you. That's okay. Yeah. Um, We've lost I, count. Yeah. yeah. That's I good. Mean, um, you cannot count them because by then you're done counting. You have a new one or you have one that has gone out of business. Yeah. Do but you... right now is, I could say easily more than 200. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. That's great. Yeah. That's great. Is yeah. that, are, are those businesses something that you feature in the publication? Yes. Just like any other business, it's not easy selling advertising. Yeah. You know, it's an intangible good and, and it's not easy. And a lot of people uh, don't believe in advertising and expect immediate results. And at the end of the day, we're like any regular business. Hey, sometimes I, we struggle, we so sometimes we, we, we thrive. Mm-hmm. Normally, we are all about featuring Latino business owners, yeah. Latino business leaders, uh, Latinos that make it big, Latinos that graduate from high school with, or, or college. We do not have the manpowers. We rely heavily on people reaching out to us and then we follow through uh, featuring them. Yeah. You know, but 100% of our uh, content is local and it is stuff that you will not find anywhere else. Yeah. Basically, and that's our niche. I think it's cool that Dalton is a relatively small town. I'm from Atlanta. Okay. So that's a little different. And then I currently- Culture shock for you. (laughs) Well, I currently live in Chattanooga. So this is kind of my like halfway point. I work here. and I, I do a lot of stuff here. And like, it's just, it's interesting to me to see the size of Dalton and like how big the different communities are here or like how involved people get or like how much there is to do and see and talk about. So it's, it, it's really, it's really interesting to me to see a publication thrive for that long. And, and do you have, do you work with other people? Like how do you have staff? We had a staff of nine people. Mm-hmm before the recession sure okay the recession hit us hard yeah we were at one time not at one time but we were steady for maybe 10 years a 40 page a week publication okay so it was we had to do two sections we um we had a staff of three salespeople, two designers and two writers Mm -hmm. um 
Right now, everything is freelancing. Okay. We had to adapt. And I guess the only full-time employee is myself. Yeah. But we have five reporters, two delivery people, one designer. That's cool. Yes. I yeah. Mean, and we just had to stream our uh, to streamline our process and production just to, to be able to survive and to stay afloat. Yeah. I mean, I think adaptation is important, especially I think everyone has kind of learned that adaptation yes. is important post-COVID. Yes. Um, because that made it everybody have to reevaluate like how they're doing things and then you know we lead right into a recession and that does the same thing are you you are physically in print right yes that is okay. correct um we find out that we cannot survive if we would only go digital yeah um it is hard to justify our, our rates mm -hmm. uh if we just go do it digitally there's still a market out there and uh, we find that it is harder, not that people don't read us because we have less than 4% return every week, but we, we find it harder with the advertisers, really. Um, they, mm -hmm. I guess, like everybody else, they're trying to save a buck and they, do, they go digital. Uh, and it is, I guess, it's becoming harder for them to not justify the, 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 the investment in advertising in print, but more like... Uh, maybe it will turn around because digital is also saturated. Yeah. You know, so you really have to have, at the end of the day, you get home and you have 40 notices. You're not going to go through them all the time. Mm -mm. So I guess um, I, I tell this to my peers, you know, we have always had competition, which is radio and TV. And right now we have Facebook and Instagram and whatever you name it. But at the end of the day, you get home and you don't get to see all those not notices that you have. Yeah, I don't know anybody that goes home and check on on, on, on the, all the notices. So, like any other business, we struggle and then we thrive and we have a slow months of the year and, and we just go forward. I also think, um, and I've worked in some type of marketing for a while, but when things get tough for everyone, the first thing that often goes, and I also have a lot of friends in marketing. I work here. First thing that often goes is their marketing budget. That is correct. And there have been studies done on this. There, It's like a whole thing where people will step back when things get tough and they're like, okay, what don't we need? Uh -huh. And they're like, well, we don't need to advertise. We don't need marketing. And it's like, actually, a lot of, you do, a lot of the times you can cut back on a sales budget when uh -huh. you have a marketing budget. Yeah. Because people are still gonna see it and they're gonna come to you. Yeah. You, marketing is important. You yeah. don't want during a hard time to people to stop seeing your name or to kind of forget that you're there and then you sort of just keep going in that hard time because yeah. people aren't seeing you. You're not building backup sales. So I think there is something important about retaining a marketing presence, even if you have to make it a little smaller or you have to cut down on the size of your ad in the paper or whatever, like to retaining that marketing. I also think there is a resurgence in a handheld thing in the same way that I'm hearing more people say, like, I'm trying to spend less time on screens. I'm trying to read more books. I'm picking up a film camera again and having those prints made because that's important. And, like, there's been a resurgence in sort of this, like, and to put it in quotes, like, old-fashioned, which mm -hmm. I don't really think is true, but tangible, holdable thing. Mm -hmm. So I think that that also applies in some part to magazines, newspapers, 
and the idea of like putting a screen down and solely focusing on one thing in front of you yeah. and being able to hold on to it if, to reference or whatever. So I think I think that could be good as well. Yeah, I mean, uh, we we I hear all sort of stories about advertising, and you're right. When uh, when time gets tough, people tend to cut on their marketing, and that's like shooting the, the self, themselves on the foot. You know, yeah. uh, it is something that you should not do, mm-hmm. but needless to say, people keep uh, keep yep. doing it. But yeah, it, it, we are a. Um, we do offer our website, we do offer our Facebook page, but we only use it as an added value to our advertisers, yeah. really, because it will. we cannot sustain ourselves as a business if we will only rely on digital media. Yeah. You know? Yep. Yeah, I totally understand. So kind of outside of that, what are your favorite things to write about? Well, my favorite things are featuring Latinos that against all odds succeed. I mean, I love to have that on, on, on the paper. Yeah. Businesses, especially the young people, you know, when they go to college and they bring uh, they break that cycle of work, 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 sure. and don't go to school, let's work. Uh, I love that. You know, I see maybe four generations and they are the first of their family to go through college, you know, and I see the parents' faces all proud of their children. And that's my favorite topic to yeah. talk about. I, I love you know? that. I think that kind of what we're saying, that 24-hour news cycle too, a lot of it is kind of doom and gloom. Mm-hmm. And it's rare that you get exactly. good news. Exactly. So the more, there are actually a couple of news sources out there called like Good News or Goodable or something yeah. that solely focus on good news. So I love that your favorite things to write about yeah. are Yeah, I mean, it, it, the Latinos, we have this tendency to get bad press for from those channels with 24-hour channel uh, news channel so every time that i get a chance to say something good about our people yeah i'll just jump all over it good take it yeah yeah we we love that uh just the same way that i i was so proud when we got our first latino medical clinic the first doctor medical Mm -hmm. doctor in dalton i mean right now we have three or four uh doctors in dalton that have their own practices so from only having Mexican Tex-Mex restaurants mm-hmm. or Mexican restaurants to having doctors. I mean, that was a big jump for me. That's huge. I mean, yeah. was, and then we have insurance agency, real estate agents. We have whatever you need. We now have it in Dalton. Uh, I, I feel like we are a very mature community. Um, you can find whatever you need if you want to deal with Latinos or Anglos. And then to have that crossover. I love it. Yeah. You know, because now it's just Dalton is just a city with a lot of Latino influx, a lot of, of course, Anglo influx. And and, uh, and it is just a whole community, you know, celebrating the success in soccer, for example. I remember back in the day when we played in dirt, mm-hmm. there was no budget or no opening for the system to allow Latinos to use the grass fields. And now you said you have what, five teams? No, I mean, right now we have five leagues. Oh, leagues. In, leagues. I don't know. You know the the right. league, that, that big league back in the day used to have 75 teams, just so you can imagine. Yeah. You know? Wow. wow. And, and we were not allowed to use those fields because 90, it's a 90 minute game, the whole day is used, and we were going to kill the grass. Then somebody came up with the idea of having the AstroTurf at, the, at this park behind Taco Bell, mm-hmm. and it was heavily used. So, we have 
I have seen that evolution in the leadership in Dalton. Yeah. But back in the day, we did have playing dirt, and it, we were not allowed to use grass fields. You know, and we couldn't understand because culturally it was a shock for us. Yeah. You know, how come you don't let us use it? Nobody's using it right now. Baseball uh, fields. It's just sitting there. Yeah, it was sitting there for, I mean, for when the off season. Football fields, you're sitting there. Every high school or high, I mean, used to have a, a or has a football field. How, how come we can't use it? Yeah. So it was a culture shock for us and for the people running the city and mm-hmm. the system, you know? So now it's, it has everything has come together. So it is lovely to see that. Yeah. You know. Yeah, that's really cool. I think that I was gonna also in part of that too, and sort of like the evolution of the government officials, whoever runs everything. Um, what has it been like owning a business here? Because you've owned it for a very long time now. Yes. So what has it been like owning a business here in Dalton, and in sort of the same vein of? the soccer fields like the growth of the business or like the evolution within the most rewarding thing for me has been the opportunity to meet everybody mm-hmm. to know everybody to go out and and say hello to everybody and to see the evolution again that dalton will always remain a city unafraid of change mm-hmm. and i'm quoting mr er- the late edward mitchell on that i was there when he said it um it, it, it wasn't always like that. We had that xenophobic sentiment. I run into into it because I'm talking about 28 years of, of yeah. experience. Yeah. So the sentiment back then was very different to what it is right now. So just know, uh, just remembering about that and what we have gone through is very rewarding for yeah, me. Yeah, I think know? that's great. And yeah. I think it's encouraging too. I mean, you we still live in a small town in the south but to watch the evolution is encouraging and hopefully will continue yes that way yes and then what has been the most challenging part of business ownership and your experience and how have you overcome it or dealt with it well the uh the most challenging part was precisely that uh the, the 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 closeness of the businesses back in the day to not to reach out to the Latino community mm-hmm. um, because we had less than 10 Hispanic owned businesses. So who was going to advertise in, our, in my publication, in, in the publication, you know? Yeah. Um, so the challenge was changing th- uh, those minds that Latino dollars are, are as green it's as, been the same uh, as every uh, it's other the dollar. same as every, mm-hmm. uh, every any other dollar. It was a challenge at the be- uh, at the beginning to help businesses and businesses and business owners recognize the need to advertise to this market. Yeah. Uh, so it was uh, it was a challenge, uh, and then it's always been a challenge to find good writers. It's always been a challenge to find people that will help in the sales department. Mm-hmm. I don't have more salespeople because I just don't find anybody. Yeah, it is a tough business to be in. Mm-hmm. Um, One hundred percent. Yeah, I uh, couldn't it, do sales. It, it, it is a very tough business to Ooh. do sale advertising. Um, so, the I guess one of the biggest challenges right now that I still have is finding people to help in the sales department. Yeah, you know. Do you hear that? If you're looking for. <laughs> Yeah, I'm, I'm looking for somebody. Yeah. I need help. Yeah, um, but that's that's the biggest challenge. Really. Okay. Yeah. 
I can understand that. And but you've you've continued to kind of overcome it. I'm yes. just I I just think it's so great to like watch businesses start. You said what ninety eight? Yeah, and Ni- just ninety five. Ninety five. Ninety five. Okay. Yeah. Okay, and then just kind of continue. I just so impressed. So impressed. I've owned my own business now for almost two years, and I'm like, this is hard. I don't yeah. want to do it anymore. <laughs> so whew. yeah. And then kind of kind of starting to wrap it up a little bit. What can we look forward to seeing from you in the future? Uh, just see me still. I will still be out there, you know, alive and kicking, you know, yeah. looking for businesses to advertise, looking to promote Latino success every here and there. And um, I'm proud to go to City Hall and walk into there. And the, the first thing you see is three Latino faces there. Love it. You know, I just love it. Um Knowing that the IT guy is a Latino, I love it. I knew him when he was a very young buck. Mm-hmm. And now seeing him there holding a very important position, he's just, I mean, it's just very satisfying. It's cool. Me. It's yeah. cool to see that. Um, I, I just I just love, and I, I hope I just keep going out there and see the community grow, um, see the, the the young fellas you know thrive the latino fellas uh thrive uh, thrive and and i just hope to be there yeah and keep being there you sound like a really great source of support in the community i hope so. I, I mean I, i'll try that's great that's yeah, really that's, we'll do our best and that's what i'm all about if somebody wanted to find you to either advertise with you help write a story pitch something they have someone that they think deserves a feature where can they find you well, I mean, I can give you my email address. I can give you all my addresses. But the f- the easiest thing is just m- give me a call. You know, just call me at 706-313-2548. It's been my number for over 24 years. Ooh. You can call me, text me, and I will just uh, uh, reach back to you. I- total man of the people yeah love it cool well great thank you so much for being here i this was really interesting i really didn't know that much about it before we got a chance to speak and i'm really i appreciate you being here thank you thank you for the invite and just whatever you need just give me a call and we'll get it we'll make it happen cool great thank you thanks for hanging out with us today here at the htb creative fuse podcast be sure to hit subscribe whether you listen on spotify google play apple podcast or stitcher htb creative is located in downtown dalton and is here to assist with all of your marketing needs check us out at htbcreative.com or creativefusepodcast.com or any of our social channels until next time stay creative